Hello there, and welcome to the Unfuck Your Biz with Brayden podcast, a show to encourage and empower creative CEOs just like yourself through actionable legal, tax, and financial topics. I'm Brayden Drake, an author, lawyer, tax pro, and educator, but you can just call me Brayden, your gay best friend, here to help you unfuck that biz. If you're ready to dive in, grab a notebook, maybe some coffee, and buckle in to learn how you can implement solid strategies to build a profitable business. Well, hello, Bestie, and welcome back to the show. As always, this is your host, Brayden. And today we have a little bit of a special shorty bonus episode. So this week and next week, maybe the following week, we're going to have some bonus uh, Tuesday episodes as we head into our launch. I just realized there were a few more topics that I wanted to cover that we couldn't squeeze into like our content calendar, essentially, between now and the end of the year. Before we dive in, just a fun little update for you. If you remember on last Thursday's podcast episode, if you gave that a listen, I shared, I was like talking kind of funny, like funnier than usual. And I shared that I was supposed to do a batch of about five episodes, but I had to cut it short because I was having tooth problems. And sure enough, um, I think that same day, no, the day after I recorded that on Tuesday, Wednesday, I went to the dentist and I ended up having a wisdom tooth pulled. So that was super fun. Um, what's even more fun is that next week I have to go get the other one pulled. Um, I would have got everyone in, in my DMs was like, Brayden, you should just got them both done at the same time. And, you know, me being my sassy self really wanted to reply and say, like, if that were an option, I would have taken it. Um, but I, you know, listen to the dentist because they're the professional. Essentially what happened, and, and I don't know why I'm sharing this. Maybe you care. Maybe you don't care. You probably don't care, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Um, the gums around my bottom wisdom tooth were like super swollen and infected, um, which was really painful because my top wisdom tooth was all the way in. So every time I like bit down, you can imagine hurt a whole lot. So they couldn't pull the bottom one, which was the one actually bothering me because um, the gums were too swollen. So they pulled the top one. And now that the infection's mostly gone away, um, I have to go back after my marathon this weekend. That was, I was going to get it done this week, this week, but I have a marathon this weekend in Sacramento. So I'm going to like after that, before Christmas, get the other one pulled. So really fun. And this was after, you know, coming out of like a three week sinus infection. So you can imagine my marathon training has not been going great. So I will keep you posted on how that goes. Um, I'm already planning on signing up for another one in February because my goal is to qualify for the Boston Marathon. And with the bad training I've had the past several weeks, that's definitely not happening. Um, if you're not that familiar with the Boston Marathon, it is, you have to run a qualifying time at another marathon to even qualify to register for the Boston Marathon. That's one of the reasons it's like so well-known and famous because it's kind of like the pinnacle of marathoning for amateur, like for amateur marathoners. And I am in the under 35 male age bracket, which has of course the most difficult or the, I shouldn't say the most difficult because it should be, you know, relative for men and women, men and women, but it has the, uh, the fastest qualifying time. And my qualifying time is sub three hours, which is a six minute and 52 second pace. So realistically, I probably need to run like a 645. If any of you are runners, that might tell you how fast that is, which uh, I can do right now for about a half marathon, but the extra 13 miles is 
a little bit of a struggle. So I got to train some more. Okay. Uh, enough off, to off topic stuff. Let's talk about our topic today, which is how to pay yourself based on your business structure. Now, if I didn't lost you, lose you at swollen gums and running, um, I don't want to lose you now. So why should you listen to this episode? Well, if you're a beginner business owner, this might be a question that you don't know the answer to. And you are actually like, oh my God, thank God Braden is talking about this because I've been wondering this. If you're a more experienced business owner, you probably have it figured out, but still tuning into the rest of the episode, you might um, either get verification that you're doing it correctly, or you might learn that you're doing it incorrectly and you need to change your system, in which case it's a really good thing that you tuned in. All right. So I always, it's kind of funny because I'm always surprised by this question. People ask, how do I pay myself? And it's, it seems kind of silly at first, but then I think about it. And I realized, you know what, it is pretty confusing. And then I reflect back to when I started my business several years ago, and I was chatting with some of my friends about this, and we didn't really know the answer to this question. So for context, I joined like a solo practice, like it's kind of like a little incubator as a group of six people that graduated from the same time, or I should say we all passed the bar exam at the same time from our law school and we were all planning to go into solo practice. So the law school has uh, one of their faculty members from the school run, I think it was like a six week incubator where you meet like twice a week and you cover various topics on how to start a business, right? So it's kind of like an online, you know, like all of our online courses that we think about, but it was run through the law school with a faculty member and they help you the great thing about it is they actually help you like with your first clients and stuff, which is fabulous. And I was talking with those friends and none of us, none of us really knew. We're like, do we just write ourselves a check? What do we do? So totally get it. Um, they don't teach us that in law school. They probably don't teach us, teach it in business school. They just assume that we know these things. So today I'm going to break this down a little bit. We're going to talk about the lingo and talk about how it works. So last week, um, well, last week we talked about we talked about my finance hot takes. We've done a little bit of rearranging. So on Thursday, I'm going to be talking about the different types of business entities. And um, if you are lost at all when I'm talking about today's topic, revisit this episode after Thursday's episode. Um, and it might have a little bit more clarity because on Thursday, I'm going to talk about the real differences between LLCs, sole props, and S-corps and more. So the gist, though, is the LLCs and sole props, for tax purposes, they're the same. They're taxed the same, right? We're going to talk about that more on Thursday. These types of businesses are based uh, purely on profit. They're taxed purely on profit. So what do we mean by that? Um, you have income, you have expenses, you have profit, right? All the profit is your money. So let's say your business makes $50,000 and you have $20,000 in deductible business expenses. Well, that means you have $30,000 in profit. So when you do your tax return, it's gonna show $30,000 in profit. The IRS is essentially saying $30,000 is your money. It's how much you made in your business. You and your business are the same. There's really no difference. So you're gonna pay taxes on $30,000. That's how it works. Uh, you pay tax on this regardless of whether you've actually paid yourself. So. Let's say you never pay yourself, right? You never pay yourself. And let's say you opened your bank account with $5,000 and you haven't spent any money before you put the $5,000 in. So you haven't spent any money on your business. You put $5,000 in your bank account of your own money and then you make 50 and then you spend 20. 
So theoretically, at the end of the year, you should have $35,000 in your bank account. You've not paid yourself anything, 35,000, 30,000 of which was income. So see if you can picture that, right? So you've not paid yourself any money, but you have $35,000 in the bank and you're being taxed on 30,000. And I've had people who have come to me like almost in this exact scenario. And they'll say, well, that's not fair. Like, why am I being taxed? I haven't even made any money. And it's like, yes, you have made money. You just haven't moved it out of your business bank account. And they're like, well, why should I have to do that? It's like, well, it's, you know, it's because it's your profits, the way your business is taxed. So instead of leaving that money in your business bank account, what you want to do is you want to actually pay yourself. There's really, there's no reason for most of us to have $35,000 in our bank account, unless you have a business that, you know, has, you know, $10,000 in monthly business expenses, then $35,000 in savings is a pretty reasonable amount, you know, three, a little over three months of expenses. For most of us, if we're new in business, you know, we have expenses of a couple thousand a month. There's really no reason to keep more than like five to $8,000 in there, unless you're, you know, playing it really conservatively. So instead, uh, you want to transfer that money out and pay yourself. And that's all, that's, that's all you got to do. You transfer the money. I probably could have made this episode about one minute long and said, you transfer the money uh, via check or just via bank transfer. So if you have your business account and your personal account at the same banking institution, that makes it really easy because you can just log into their online payment system and you can transfer money from one bank to another bank instantaneously, no processing, all that good stuff. Um, the bank account I now use and recommend, they don't have personal banking, so it takes a couple of days which uh, I think is a worthy trade-off for all the other benefits we get from that bank account. So that's how that works. Um, it's really that simple. What you, the, the, the real key here is that you wanna get in a habit of paying yourself regularly, like on a routine. So this way it forces you to be profitable and it forces you to have a system. What we don't wanna do, and this is where I was really for probably like my first two to three years of business, is I would think, oh, shit, I got to go buy groceries today. And I, I don't have any money in my personal bank account. Let me, I log into my bank. I transfer money from my business account to my personal account. And then three days later, I'm like, oh, my car payment's due tomorrow. I should transfer more money. You, you get the picture, right? Everything was based on how much money I had in my personal bank account and what I needed to spend my money on, which, you know, gives you a lot of flexibility, but that's not, it's not a great habit. It's not any kind of uh, system and without it's, it's kind of hard to explain, but I feel like once you get into this habit and routine, you see that having a system is going to help you understand your business finances so much better. And it also is going to help you uh, be a little bit more disciplined about your finances, focus on what you're spending money on. It helps you a lot with budgeting, basically, without actually creating an actual budget. So that's what we want, right? Sole prop, single member LLC, you can just do a bank transfer, but we want to have a system. So inside of my program, um, I encourage like more beginner business owners to pay themselves every Friday. Uh, some people do every other Friday or they'll do um, like maybe the first and the 15th of each month. That's fine. But I like every Friday because we do a Friday a finance Friday routine where every Friday we do our bookkeeping, we pay any invoices, we follow up with our clients on unpaid invoices. I encourage people to check their credit scores. We do all the financy type things, right? And included in that, you're going to pay yourself and run your cash flow process. All right.
So that is the gist of that. With partnerships and multi-member LLCs, so if you have an actual business partner in your business, it's similar. Um, you're taxed on all the profits, but paying yourself is essential because otherwise you have taxable income with no actual income to pay that tax. So let's break this down. Now let's double, let, let's double the money in our example. So let's assume that you have a partnership. Your business makes $100,000 and you have expenses of $40,000. So now your profit is $60,000. Now let's uh, say you leave that money in the bank, 60,000, right? And the way it works when you file your taxes is each partner, assuming you're 50, 50 partners, each partner is gonna end up reporting $30,000 in profit on their tax return. So you get a K-1 that reports that. So really the way it works is you, you show $50,000 in income and $20,000 in expenses because you get to put half the income on your tax return, half the expenses on your tax return, half the profit on your tax return. So now you have $30,000 in profit as one half owner in this partnership. I hope that's all clear. And let's assume that you are in, uh, you pay roughly a 20% effective tax. So 20% of 30,000, Let's see if I can do that math real quick. The way I do it, we all have our own system, right? As I know, that's $2,000 for every 10,000. So 2,000 times three for $30,000, that's $6,000 in taxes, right? So you're going to owe $6,000 in taxes. Well, if your business doesn't paid out any money, you're going to pay, you're going to owe $6,000 in taxes, but you haven't pulled out any money out of the business to pay that tax. So you can go ahead and do the transfer at that point in time if you want to, but ideally, just like the sole proprietorship and the single member LLC, you want to be paying yourself throughout the year so that you're not having a tax obligation without actually drawing an income from your business. And ideally, remember, we should be paying most of these taxes on a quarterly basis. We pay estimated quarterly taxes. So you want to pay yourself throughout the year as well. Um, What's really key here, and this is, I don't think this is something I put in my outline, but it just popped into my head. Um, oh my God, I just lost it. What did pop into my head? Just a second. Let me pause. Aha. Uh -huh, okay. It took me, I had to literally sit and think for like two to three minutes what I was going to say. And now I should spit it out before I forget it, before I forget again. So when you are in a partnership, the business should not be paying, the business should not be paying the taxes. You are it's a pass-through entity, right? Just like our sole prop and our single member LLC, your taxes are based on your personal income. So the example I always like to give is if partner A has no other sources of income, not married, don't have a full-time job, all that, their entire income is the $30,000 from their half of the profit, right? Let's say partner B has a full-time job where they also make $50,000 and then they have a spouse that makes $100,000. So they have their 30,000 from the partnership, their 50,000 and then the 100,000. So their household income is 180,000, roughly 90,000 per spouse if you wanna think about it that way. They're gonna be in a higher tax bracket than partner A. I've worked with clients who had this example be even more extreme. It was like one partner's husband made like 400K a year after bonuses and everything in their uh, business or in his company, whatever, doesn't matter. So vastly different income scenarios, those partners are going to be in different tax brackets. Partner A could be in the 10% bracket and partner B could be in the 30% bracket. So the business can't really, the business is not in the business of doing that math. 
and shouldn't be paying the taxes. Instead, the partners get paid their $30,000 each. And then the reality is that partner A may only need to pay two to $3,000 of tax on their share once they're paid. And partner B may need to pay $10,000 in tax because we have our graduated progressive tax brackets. That's how it works. So you got to pay yourself. It's really important that you pay yourself in your partnership is the gist so that then you can individually pay your taxes. A lot of people mess that up. You don't want to do that. Once you have an S corp, this is important. And we're just going to briefly kind of highlight over this because we have entire episodes on S corps. Once you have an S corp, you can pay yourself. You are going to pay yourself in two ways. So you have to put yourself on a salary your salary needs to be a reasonable minimum salary under the law. I've talked about that before. We're going to talk about it some more in the coming weeks. So reasonable minimum salary under the law. And technically, that salary can be a lump sum payment through payroll. But ideally, you want it to be, again, on a routine basis. So I like to run salary uh, twice a month once I have an S-Corp. I run my salary like personally in my business. I process it on the 15th and on the last day of the month. And that's my system. That's also when I pay my employees. I just do it all at once. Easy peasy. So you pay yourself your salary and then anything left over in the business. So you have your income, you have your expenses, you have your salary, you pay out the salary and then everything left is your profit. And then at that point, it works the same way as an LLC single member, LLC, sole prop, any other business, you can just give yourself a transfer of the additional profit. You want to leave some money in the business, of course, to cover expenses and overhead and have a little bit of savings. But anything that's left over, you can just distribute out to yourself. And we treat that um, like a profit distribution in any other kind of company. And the thing about the S-Corp is those two different payments are taxed differently. So salaries are subject to both income tax and self-employment taxes and your distributions that profit in the business is only subject to income tax. So you do not pay Medicare and social security on that, which is the whole point of S-Corps. It's how they save us money. Um, ideally, <laughs> I say ideally because I don't really abide by the ideal in my business. Ideally, you want to pay yourself those distributions on like a monthly or a quarterly basis. It's good to have a system around it. Um, realistically, a lot of us don't do that. Um, I need to be better about it myself. What I end up doing, and I'm just telling you, I don't think I've shared this on the podcast before. I don't typically like to tell you all like how I don't abide by the rules because then I feel like it encourages you not to abide by the rules. But I've learned that a lot of people, I should say, edit. The vast majority of people are not doing the ideal. So by me telling you uh, how I kind of don't follow my own advice. It will uh, make you feel better if you're doing things the same way that I'm doing them, because it's really, it's just, it's more of, it's like not an ideal, like budgeting scenario, but it's like totally legally perfectly fine. And what I do is I often pay my credit card off. I pay my credit card off my personal credit card from my business bank account. And then in my books, uh, that's just treated as a profit distribution. So not ideal, but if I, Here's because here's the thing. Ideally, I want my payroll, I want my salary to be enough money to pay off my personal credit card. Because basically, I'm putting, you know, all my expenses on my personal credit card, I pay myself a salary, the salary pays off the credit card. Um, that's all. That's basically all the money that I need to like live and survive and pay bills and do all that kind of stuff, right? 
And then ideally, I want the profit distributions to be things like, you know, build a savings and, you know, put towards, I don't know, future, you know, you, you get the idea, like those kind of big things, rather than having to lean on distributions in my business in order to actually pay for things that I really need to pay for. So I hope that makes sense. Um, in the new year, I'm actually going to be increasing my salary. So my goal is once I increase my salary, I, I won't be I won't be doing that anymore. And then I'll be able to get on the quarterly profit distribution train that I tell everyone else to do. So just a little bit more info around that. I hope it all makes sense. If you have questions about this topic, post them in the Facebook group. I'd love to chat about it. And if you want to learn a little bit more, I did record an episode on this. Wow. We're on episode 257, back on episode 56. If you want to go way back in time, um, I did a topic called paying yourself in a single member LLC. So you can go tune into that. As always, I hope you enjoyed the episode and I look forward to chatting with you again on the next one. Have a good one. Hey there, before you go, I wanted to give a quick thanks. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. If you loved it, I would love for you to take a screenshot of the episode or snap a quick selfie while you are listening. Share it on social and give me a tag. It'll help other kick-ass entrepreneurs like yourself find the show. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with a new episode. Meanwhile, let's roll up our sleeves and unfuck that biz.